Hey guys, just a quick note before we begin that the show may contain spoilers and adult language, but that's just because we know how to have a good time. Stick around, you'll be glad you did. You are here for me to enlighten you. You ever act like this again, you're barred for life. It's just violent bass. It's kind of embarrassing. If you know you're lying, then you can forget them. Oh, I get it. It's very clever. <laughs> Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we usually take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them, but not today. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. So one of the things that Ryan and I decided that we wanted to do for season two is give you sort of like a uh, monthly wrap-up episode, right? This will allow us some opportunities to lean a little bit more into the comedy that we like to do. Uh, We've got some improv, we've got some guest spots, we've got some deep dives, like a whole bunch of stuff coming at you, basically. Uh, Think of them as like an Esoterica Cinema variety program for what's probably going to end up being 45 minutes because we targeted 30 and uh, we go over by half. If you've listened to the show at all, you know that. So anyways, uh, be prepared because like I said, we're going to take you on this little journey with us here today and we're going to see how it goes. With me, as always, of course, for this ride, is the man who is currently under investigation for orchestrating a secret underground ring of kangaroo boxing matches, Mr. Ryan Seabold! Good day, Jason! (laughs) And hello to you too, good sir! What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I guess we. I guess we're feeling that uh, dead alive new New Zealand. Is that both of our attempts at a New Zealand accent? Is that what we were doing there? Uh, new Zealand is not Australia, Jason. Uh, as <laughs> as the sketch laid out nicely um, for the third time, I'm about to tell you this. Uh, yeah, you know, first first rule of Underground Kangaroo Fight Club is don't talk about Underground Kangaroo Fight Club. So, well, yeah, but I mean, a lot to say about that. Yeah, okay, but you know. We already know that you're you're striking a plea deal behind closed doors with the feds, and that's not going to go, you know, we don't have a ton of listeners yet, uh, so, you know, that's not going to go out there, but we just kind of want to know, like, what is it that really inspired you to do this whole thing? Was it money-motivated, I assume? Uh, was it just that you always loved that Looney Tunes cartoon as a kid and wanted to see it brought to life? I mean, what's this all about, I'll man? tell you. Uh, I just really wanted to get inside that little pocket. Didn't you want to, like, ever... <laughs> weren't you curious what that was like to ride around? Guess what? I fucking know. So, who's laughing now, bitch? I actually have it on good <laughs> authority that it's a lot more mucusy than than we were hoping for. Yeah, but in the best way. Like, mermaid <laughs> pussy, bro. It's just, like, fantastical in there. Oh, man, dude. I think we're constantly challenging ourselves to see how many... Mermaid Puss references we can make in a, a given episode. Um, I'll tell you, man. It's uh, I usually put some headphones in, some AirPods, and play the Gummy Bears theme song from Disney Afternoons in the early '90s, and I just bounce around in that kangaroo pouch. Um, and then you know it gets them warmed up because they're carrying my weight. They get some uh, good leg leg day in, and uh, it's like doing squats with my fat ass in that pocket, and uh, they bounce around. <laughs> They're ready to go, man. Ready to go. It always felt like a very, like, amniotic experience. That's what I'd have to imagine, right? Just, like, very reminiscent of the womb, where you're in this kind of, like, weird, viscousy mass, and but it's, like, not also, like, warm and cozy, and you're just all curled up and probably, like, sounds like ambient music down there. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be like if Build-A-Bears had a real vagina and you could crawl <laughs> inside it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a- warm, <laughs> it's moist, but it's fuzzy on the outside. So you could like tuck your little chin up over the cor- you know, the, the corner there and like, like you're in a blanket. It's Definitely. Great, I, I, I was so I put like- a lot of work into this and I got these ruse together and uh, then the feds are coming down on me. I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out what to do. I, I hope you don't mind. I'm pinning it all on you, man. I'm oh, rolling dude. over on you. I know. I know. All right. Well, that's cool. To be honest, so I have actually been making some really solid connections with, uh, shall we say, shady lawyers recently. Um, one of them actually uh, helped Joe Exotic out with whole, his whole situation. So I'm pretty sure that anything marsupial and kangaroo related, this dude's going to be able to help me out. So uh, don't be surprised when I flip on you, Ryan. And listeners, listen to this while you can, because it sounds like Ryan and I are not going to be a duo for much longer. Hey, come at me, brother. I got all these kangaroo bodyguards that will knock you the fuck out. So come on. <laughs> Jumping on the back of their tail and using their legs as they do. Yeah. We learn from Looney If you Tunes. need me, I'll be the kingpin in the pouch in the back. Yep. That's Excellent. me. Excellent. Well, hey, let's go ahead and move this thing along to our next segment. Listeners, we're going to give you, you know, obviously we talk about certain types of films on this show. You know, you're never going to get a uh, Forrest Gump or, you know, any sort of, like, mainstream program on here. We also strictly look at movies, so we're not going to talk about television in any of the regular episodes. Uh, now is our time to do that. You know, we, we're not just film fanatics, though obviously we are that. We're also fans of television. We're also fans of video games, music, etc. We're not going to stray too far from, you know, films in the cinematic universe. Everything probably is hopefully going to be related to that. But we did want to give ourselves an opportunity to kind of let you know about some of the programming and options out there that we're really into right now that are never going to be able to make it on our list of films for one reason or another. And we are calling this segment accordingly, What We're Digging. What We're Digging. (laughs) Ryan, if we can, what we should do is we should get a sound effect of a shovel digging right there. I think that's a really solid... Uh, you know, audio cue for this feature. <laughs> Can we get Sounds one of our good. interns on that? Did we get in those interns yeah. yet? Producer Dave, where you at, buddy? Get on that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Ryan, I'll tell you what. Why don't you go ahead and kick off this segment for us, man? Why don't you tell the audience what you're digging? So this is tough because uh, we record these episodes in advance due to our busy schedules and getting everything lined up. Uh, as I'm sure a lot of the listeners know, Jason and I record this uh, intracontinentally, if you will, we're across the country from each other about as far away as you can get. So, um, you know, we got to put a lot of work into this and, and, uh, piece it together. That said, uh, I know everyone's past this, but, uh, I am still neck deep, uh, working my way towards the end of, uh, Loki. I don't know when this episode is going to drop. I'm assuming sometime later this summer, early in the fall. Uh, but we're still working at this point in time towards the end and conclusion of the Disney plus series, uh, from Marvel Loki. And, uh, I just can't get enough of what they're feeding me on that level. Just, I mean, I was a Marvel guy from the start, Jason. I know you're not really, I mean, uh, you kind of pick and choose. I'm not going to say you're not a Marvel guy because I know you enjoy some of their fare, but um, no, that's fair to I'm say all that. in. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all definitely in. not as much as like most of the people out there. I have, like you say, my couple franchises that I dig, but no, that's, that's fair to say. They've had some misses. Uh, I, you know, I'll definitely attribute that. I was not as big of a fan of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Really? Uh, as a lot of people were. 
Um, I just thought the pacing was way too flawed and it stalled out too much um, to really sink my teeth into it and know where I was going in any given moment. Uh, it was also very emo. Um, but <laughs> Loki is a, a return to form where it's just fun. It's exciting. Um, there's so much to love about it. And I'll tell you, um, you know, the, 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 the showrunners and filmmakers that Disney is starting to uh, hire and, and accumulate into their roster, uh, if you will, is just bananas. Uh, not the least of which is the showrunner of Loki, a gentleman by the name of Michael Waldron, who uh, came from the third season of Rick and Morty. Oh, and wow. uh, he was the producer over there and one of their head writers. Um, so you get a lot of that. So, you know, you apply that style of Rick and Morty kind of banter between the two, and then you hire Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson to kind of go back and forth. And it becomes the buddy cop scenario that I was hoping to get from Falcon and Winter Soldier. The chemistry between these two guys is fantastic. I don't know that I've seen Owen Wilson recently, you know, in the past few years, handful. Of course, there's always the classics, you know, uh, all the Wes Anderson stuff and whatnot. Um, no, that's that a really good point, man. I haven't seen that guy in anything recently. I mean, he was huge for even Wedding Crashers. What, 10, 15 but that's years? all so many, you know, that's all a decade ago. Yeah, right. When you start to wrap your head around it and start to think, when was that? So uh, it's so refreshing to see. Owen Wilson back and uh, just all his charisma and, and time, you know, comedy timing and everything applied to this MCU universe and uh, bring him into that fold with all this banana sci-fi and, uh, you know, time travel, time high shit that Endgame left us with uh, to kind of clean that up, along with Tom Hiddleston, who is also lovable and in this character is fantastic. So, um you know, you got Kate Heron, uh, I believe is her name, who's directing all the episodes uh, as well. Um, she was listed on a lot of, you know, top 30 under 30 lists and uh, just a real good young up upcomer. The set design, the cinematography. I mean, some of the, the, the sets, I hope they're not all green screen. I mean, obviously, the backgrounds, the extreme backgrounds are all completely digitized, but... Uh, some of the main rooms of the TVA, the lighting that they use and everything, just superb, man. Uh, the simplest things that they could have made so basic, they've decided to ramp up and really give you a spectacle, a feast for your eyes. In addition to just a great story, let's be honest, uh, it's a fun romp. So, um, I don't, you know, with these things with Marvel, you don't want to give too much away. Um, some people are caught up, some people aren't, and it's very, very, uh, spoiler specific. So I'll stay away from the plot. I will add though, and then I'll toss to you. Um, that this isn't the only thing. So this is what I'm excited to watch right now and what I've been digging on uh, to, to meet your uh, segment title. But uh, <laughs> moving forward, Michael Waldron is also the gentleman who is writing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, nice, so, dude. So uh, it's nice that I get to really take six hours to envelop myself in this storyline and all the different plot lines of the time variants and all of this sort of thing uh, that Loki stealing the Tesseract in Endgame uh, allowed to happen. And then we're going to bleed right into, you know, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. And then that goes into uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, of course, being directed by the great Sam Raimi, another guy I haven't heard from in fucking forever. Seriously, so, uh you know, really neat that uh, Marvel's bringing in these, you know, these stables of great talent, young and old. And then going back to Rick and Morty, Jeff Loveness, who's uh, one of their head writers, uh, another one of their head writers over there um, 
for the past few seasons, uh, is now writing uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania with Kang the Conqueror. So, uh, and that's going to get into all this time travel shit as well. And I'm only assuming, A, they've shared notes, Waldron and Loveness, and B, uh, you know, uh, the, the Doctor, wherever Doctor Strange leaves us, time travel-wise, we already know Kang is coming uh, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, who is a time travel master villain. So uh, it'll be nice to see all that, all that kind of leads together and how, how they've all kind of shared notes and, and all of that. So uh, I will say that when this drops, we're all probably way past Loki. We're on to uh, Wishing for the Eternals, Shang-Chi, even Spider-Man. And plus we got uh, Suicide Squad that probably just dropped. So uh, all that stuff I'll be talking about in future episodes. Again, we're a little behind here, but I'll be getting to that shortly. Uh, Jason, what about you, buddy? What you been digging on? Well, as you know, uh, I tend to do uh, some of the deep dives there a little bit. And one of the things that I've been meaning to get to forever, it's a TV show that I never checked out on Adult Swim. It's called Primal. Now, I'm not sure how many people have heard of this. It's not a huge show, though it was recently renewed for a second season. So I'm really looking forward to that. Primal is a animated program. It's half hour, so it works out to about 22 minutes with commercials, etc. by a guy named Jendi Tarkovsky. Now, this is a guy where if that name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because one of his three creations you've seen or at least heard of, which are Dexter's Laboratory, Star Wars Clone Wars, and then arguably his most revered of the three, which is Samurai Jack. And I actually, interestingly, never really got into any of those shows. I checked them out from time to time. But needless to say that Primal is a very different program from all of those. Instead of being sort of wacky and over the top and comedic, like this is not a funny show at all. This is a serious minded, almost artistic program um, about a caveman who's basically trying to survive during prehistoric times along with a velociraptor that he meets and because of circumstances they end up forming a bond that's going to exist over the course of this entire program. Now, arguably the most impressive thing about this program is the fact that there is zero dialogue through the entire season. And what results from that is a, is a show that is entirely visual storytelling. And when you're basically talking about having to craft a relationship between two, let's say, people, even though one of them is a dinosaur, but it's treated very much like, um, actually, it's probably more like a, you know, like a faithful dog and, and human relationship. But these two constantly need to bail each other out and rely on each other. And there's just so much about it that's so incredibly impressive. So the animation, I will say, is is strong. It's 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 one of those things that's a little bit more technically appreciative in that like uh it, it you know it's not going to be one of those things where it's like the sharpest detail and like the richest colors but uh, my daughter actually is really into art and apparently she was really impressed because I ended up showing her a couple episodes with the fact that for example like they don't outline the blood uh in the in the animation style now that doesn't really mean much to me but she was like going on and on about how difficult of a technique that is so i'm sure that for some of the more um anima animated minded people out there that understand fine art and drawing those will stand out a little bit more what really stood out to me aside from like i said the non-verbal communication that constantly took place over the course of these five hours 
or four hours, 10 episodes, 22 minutes each, is the sound design. And I'm a guy who loves sound design. And Ryan, I know, you know, you with you being a sound guy, I'm sure you pick up on a lot of this stuff as well. But the the interplay between the sound effects and the score and the way that they're constantly bringing up the score and bringing it down to heighten tension and communicate what's going on. Because, again, with no dialogue, they end up using the score to communicate a lot of those emotions, right, along with certain right, of the visuals right. and along with certain of the emotional responses from they don't actually have names but they're called spear and fang is kind of what they're referred to in the production notes but like i said there's no dialogue for them to refer to one another and so you've got this incredible sound design and then uh, from there it's also like i said just the characterization of these two beings who basically experience tremendous loss in the first episode and initially start out, you know, as these stories tend to, as enemies, you know, competing for resources, food, etc., right off the bat, but then soon realize that by depending upon one another and learning to care for one another that they can exist much easier and better. And uh, so, you know, their relationship becomes very strong over the course of the episode. Both of them go through different challenges where they need the other to step up and, and help them out. And so you really just feel that bond you know you feel connected to these characters in a way that's it, it almost kind of seems like a like an old western or uh or like a samurai you know film or something along those lines as far as tone uh, yeah. applied to a caveman surrounding or, or you know structure or whatnot uh, would you agree with that or yeah definitely i, I haven't could, seen it yeah, so a little bit of inside knowledge i think uh for the listener uh jason you can correct me if i'm wrong i think i told you about this and never watched it and then <laughs> you went on and right. watched it and then you told me i'm an idiot because i've never watched it and it is in <laughs> fact amazing uh because i i know about uh gendry tartakovsky i was a fan of samurai jack i'm a fan of all that stuff mm. uh there was a brief bit in cartoon history where all these dudes came out of cal arts i believe in yeah Valencia, totally right by your house yep and they all knew each other and you got stuff like powerpuff girls you got stuff like dexter's lab you got uh oh, samurai jack and all these things even uh, uh if you've never seen the misadventures of flapjack jesus christ that's one of my <laughs> yeah that's and a good one it, there's also some really yeah, yeah. like uh interesting connections that i found were tar tartik uh tartikovsky excuse me uh yeah. two of his early I know, jobs i know right <laughs> two of his early jobs were on shows that i grew up on which are tiny tune adventures Adventures as just like oh, an shit. animator, and then the same for the critic, the John Lovitz vehicle. Oh wow, yeah. John Lovitz. So it's kind of to your point, and then it yeah, stinks. the Cal Institute, and it's just like there's so many little connectors there where I was like, ah, that's I like what I'm saying. Dude. Yeah, all these guys kind of knew each other, and they were running in the same circle and helping each other. So oftentimes, when you and I don't know if this is true on Primal, but when you start to get into Powerpuff Girls or Dexter's Lab and this and that, and you check the credits, you'll find that these guys were jumping on each on each other's shows a lot, directing and writing and animating, creating and this and that. And it's uh, it was really neat to see how that all kind of came to be. And then when you start to look at it as a whole, it makes total sense. Like those shows all very much flowed together with the same styles of humor and a lot of the same styles of animation between, you know, your Dexter's Labs and your Powerpuff Girls and and uh, Flapjacks and all of that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Big fan. Did you see who did the music for this? Uh, no, I, I didn't. Who who we got for Primal? I'm talking about it's uh, Tyler Bates. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Tyler Bates, dude, he did, uh, you know, he's uh, James Gunn's guy. Oh, wow. uh, he did everything for uh, Deadpool. 
Um, he has done all the John Wick stuff, Watchmen. Dude, Guardians. it makes sense that he's like a legit guy. Like I said, the sound design is constantly amazing. And I texted you that several times over the course of my watching. It was just like, dude, you just turn up all of your subs and your 5.1s and like just sit and immerse yourself in the score and the sound effects. Um, because again, that's what they're using to do a lot of the communication you know that they can't get away with, that they can't do with traditional dialogue so yeah so definitely like i said i'm not always um ryan you're kind of like our animation guy i i, I do like animation but it's a it's a little bit more narrow of a genre i guess the than yours is in terms of like what i like and respond to but primal definitely hit all the marks um, I can't wait to watch it again. I've seen the first episode like two or three times already, the first two actually. And so definitely recommend Primal to both traditional and non-traditional animation fans. And Ryan, that's what I've been digging on. That's what I've been digging on. Nice, Jason. Yeah, I'm, uh, I need to get on Primal, man. I, uh, so, I'm, you know, obviously, like you said, I'm a big Cartoon Network guy, big Adult Swim guy, and I saw the trailers for that years ago, and uh, I knew who Gendry was. Uh, Gendy, Gendry, Tartic, uh, dude, it's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I knew him from Clone, uh, you know, he did the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, before- exactly. Uh, they they took that over and made a whole big thing of it. He uh, had a little mini run on that. So, yeah, I need to get on Primal. Thank you for bringing that to uh, back to my attention and making me feel dumb for not watching that. I will get on that ASAP. Awesome. All right, Ryan. So for our next bit, we're actually going to do an interview here. Like I said, listeners, we're doing some different things here for you on this bonus episode. And our next, uh, huh, says that our next interview is actually with a... Uh, a sensitivity watcher? Sensitivity watcher? Yeah, the, I that's that's got to be producer Dave on that one. Um, hey, I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan, actually, so I just remembered um, that I actually uh, have some muffins uh, cooking at, 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 the, at, the, at the laundromat. Some muffins? Um, yeah, 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 because, you know, I go, and it, either way, point is I got to go check on them. And uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one. I'll be right back. All right, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate Wait, that. Wait, what? Yeah, appreciate it, buddy. Catch you later. Hold on. Be right back. Jason, what? Okay. Uh, I guess I'm uh, taking over for a bit. We're going to knock this interview out. Shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, sensitivity watcher. Okay. Um, yeah. Let me just see here. Checking notes. Okay. Uh, looks like we've got uh, sensitivity watcher from corporate uh, that production has sent down. Carl Weathered. Well, let's welcome Carl Weathered to the show. Carl, how you doing today? Hey, thanks a lot, kid. I I, I got to tell you, man, I'm uh, I'm hurting a little bit, dude. I got three different surgeries that I need to do, and the doctor tells me that I can't get one of them until I do the other two, and now it's just this vicious cycle, so I'm just trying to get by, and uh, yeah, but hey, thankfully, you know, your producer hit me up today because I really needed this job. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, uh, and it says here your name is uh, Carl Carl Weathered. Is that correct? Not is it Carl Weathers or no, like the no? So actor? yeah, yeah, no. That's that's kind of something that you know. It's a big mix up from time to time. So uh, let me give you a little backstory. So my name is Carl Weathered with a D. Okay, right, and a lot right. of people, a lot of people, they get excited because they think it's Carl Weathers, the 
uh, you know, the guy from Rocky and Rocky 2 and uh, Predator and all that. And then, you know, I show up, you know, 100 pounds overweight with a gimpy leg and, and the disappointed. So, uh, you know, hopefully that wasn't the case here. Funny thing. So back in the day, I actually know Carl. He's a good dude. And uh, when, when, when he was coming up, I was actually trying to come up in the Hollywood circuit myself. I know I don't look like much, but back in the day, uh, I used to be pretty handsome. And so... Yeah, so, you know, when, when the two of us was out there and we was doing our thing and we was going to auditions, it was pretty clear at the time that between the two of us, I was clearly going to be the star. And so Carl graciously... Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had the charisma, obviously had the voice, got the looks... And, uh, you know, Carl was struggling. He was a little pudgy. You know, wasn't exactly leading man material. You know, you look at Carl, that's not exactly what you think. Uh, but, you know, me, I, 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 I'm a chameleon. I can be uh, one of uh, many different people. Either way, Carl decided to graciously go ahead and give me Carl Weathered and, and offered to change his name. Because, like I said, at the time, it was pretty clear who was going to be a star. And, I mean, uh, that's that's really nice of him to do that. Uh, yeah, I he's mean, a stand-up guy. You've turned out okay. You're a sensitivity watcher now, uh, which I I guess means that uh, you guys have both worked on catching predators. Uh, <laughs> could you maybe uh, explain to our listeners and also me, I guess, what, uh, what exactly is a sensitivity watcher? Yeah, listen, kid, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a little confused myself the first time. Um... I used to have a, 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 a nice job in a, in a financial corporation uh, before this whole COVID business. And, uh, you know, so for the last 18 months, I've been out of work, man. And, uh, you know, uh, I, like I said, I got the surgeries. I got a wife back home. She was used to the good life. Uh, she's been pretty patient with me in the meantime. So lo and behold, I get this opportunity after perusing the Craigslist boards. And it says that they need a sensitivity watch ASAP. Apparently, I don't know, something about they can't hire people quick enough. Nobody wants to work because of this whole pandemic thing or whatever. It was weird either way. Uh, yeah, yeah, so what I do is I watch movies, and I watch TV shows, or whatever it is, you know, programs of any sort, and I, I, I comment on some of the things that maybe might be a little sensitive, you know, what we call trigger warnings, uh, in the, in the, in the industry, I, I, I actually started out as a sensitivity reader for some of the major publishers, uh, for, for work, for works of fiction, and uh, that went really well. So, uh, you know, in just the last couple months, they moved me up to Sensitivity Watcher. Obviously, movies much more, much, much more popular than books these days. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where podcasts uh, fit, fit on your list of priorities. Um, so which, which kind of brings me to my next question. Uh, why are you here exactly, Carl? Um, it says here corporate sent you down. Uh, you know, obviously you're. Not to, you're about as excited to meet me as I am to meet you. I'm here because uh, I needed just, the work, kid. Let's be honest, right? I wouldn't be here if they weren't paying me my dick 50 an hour. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Your your wife uh, is used to living the good life, as you've told me. So uh, that's 650 an hour. I'm sure goes a long way to keeping her around. Um, you know, maybe you could help us uh, understand a bit. What, what specifically have we done personally that's brought you to us. I'm still confused as to why you're here uh, on our show. Uh, really, kid? sent you, or? You're confused. You're confused why a sensitivity watcher is on here on your show? On this, what the hell you call it, esoterica cinema? You know nobody right. knows what the hell that means, right? 
Yeah, uh, it, that, I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> All right, so anyways, yeah, so uh, listen, I had to do a deep dive on you guys, and holy shit, man, you guys got some problematic material. Let me tell you, 2021 is not what it used to be back in the day, okay? You guys may have, you know, been kids in, like, the 80s and 90s. They were a lot more forgiving back then. You can't be saying a lot of the shit that you're saying right now. So let's take it for example. Uh, well, you know, by the way, where is Jason? Because uh, I got a bone to pick with that guy. Where, where is he? Uh, apparently he had some muffins at the laundromat. Uh, Fucking I don't, Jason I with his muffins. he was here as much as you do, Carl. Trust me. What I, the hell is I'm it with not... him and his muffins, man? Trust me. I know about that. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Uh, anyways, all right. Well, since you're here, I get to bust your balls, kid, okay? You're just going to have to put up with it for a minute. Bust my balls? I mean, what did I do? I don't understand. Uh, our ratings are up. Things are seeming to be pretty well. We're, we're uh, you know, a month into season two now. Everybody seems to be really pleased with what we're doing. We got some guest hosts showing up. Uh, I thought we were doing a pretty good job. Okay, so 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 you don't remember you don't remember reviewing a little movie called The Lighthouse? Yes, uh, great movie. Ro- Robert Eggers, uh, black and white film, Willem Dafoe, great performances. I thought we gave it great reviews. Did he send you down here? No, 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 no. That, and believe me, it's a fantastic movie. And you know, uh, do you remember? Do you remember the phrase "mermaid fucking"? Do you remember uttering uh, that one? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that see, was, uh... you now, you now, you got the thing is the podcasts they aren't regulated. You understand this, right? Any any kid off the street who's maybe a little bit interested, maybe he's confused, right? Maybe he's an adolescent and he's had confusing thoughts of actually hooking up with mermaids. And then you come along and you make light of the whole situation. How you think that kid feels, huh? How do you think you made that kid feel? I mean, Carl, it uh, it was shown to us in the movie by the director and performed out uh, very graphically uh, by a Mr. Robert Pattinson. I think it deserved to be talked about. Um, maybe not as much as we did. Uh, I do understand we devoted a considerable amount of that show to that. Uh, we'll try to scale it back. I thought it was a pretty good bit. <laughs> you know, you can talk about these things. There's just a certain way that you got to talk about it, you know? So what we could say is you could, uh, you know, instead of mermaid fucking, which is just coarse and crude, you know, maybe we could do a uh, human-animal a- hybrid copulation, right? And then all of a sudden it's a little softer and it's a little more acceptable. Do you understand what I'm telling you, kid? Uh, s- softer than mermaid pussy? Uh, that seems pretty soft. And speaking of which, all right, so this movie Under the Skin that you guys just looked at uh, a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Maybe it was last week. I don't right, know. Right, right. Great film. Yeah, again, uh, Jason and I gave it some great reviews. Where the fuck is Jason? Can we get him back, please? Well, listen, you're going to have to take this one on your own because I actually had a number of people that reached out to me personally within the sexual predator community, and they were very upset about the way that you portrayed them. Hey, Predator, just like Carl Weathers. That's awesome. Uh, Listen, your jokes aren't going to save you here, kid, okay? Uh, Okay. Um, Is there anything else, or or is there something maybe that we could improve on, or or how do we change this? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, one thing you got to be aware of is, like, just because you don't hear it, uh, Tom Cruise and Disney are out there preparing some very significant lawsuits right now. Apparently you guys did some copyright infringement. Uh, you, you misrepresented some words that Tom said on a set sometime. So, you know, in addition to just being oh boy, right and correct, you know, you guys have, have a financial interest in making sure that you keep your nose clean. 
Okay. No, I mean, yeah. And look, I get I, it. I can definitely appreciate that. Yeah, and I get it. Look, I tell, like I said, kid, I don't want to, between you and me, I think your show's funny. Okay? You don't need to tell anyone I said that. Personally, I dig your show. But I can't tell you that as an official representative of the sensitivity watching community. Because there's some things oh, that I you're doing that. wrong. Okay? And again, yeah, yeah. I got these operations. I got the wife. I'm pretty sure that... I got a sciatica thing that's acting up. It's connected <laughs> you, to. You mentioned the operations and yeah, and the wife and the good life. Uh, you know, yeah, six yeah. fifty an hour that that provides uh, in this uh, economy. Um, I just, you're definitely right. I don't want to to dance with the devil here, um, especially not Tom Cruise and Disney. Uh, they're not. They're who rough I kids. Believe me. Um, we, I hope you understand. We're still adjusting to this. Um, you know, uh, people around the world hearing our voices. We started this during the pandemic. The same reason. And you got your job, you know, we fired this up and it's uh, been a pretty good success for us. So we're still finding our our uh, our way a little bit. So I do appreciate you coming down and steering our ship right. Uh, I'll do what I can. I do like a lot of what we provide, but we'll see how we could rein it in. Um, Maybe lay off the AIDS akimbo. That, that'd be a good start. Oof, you know, yeah. making jokes about AIDS. It's, it's, it's not a good look in 21. Well, in all fairness, that was Jason. Um, you know, uh, I'll definitely uh, throwing them under the bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Typ- typical. Typical. I see it all the time. Right. Right. The, uh, the, you mean the white bus dra- driven by Scarlett Johansson, the predator that I'm supposed to defend? Uh, now See, I there you go. There you go. There you go again, making crude jokes. You, you, you don't learn, do you? It's not crude. It's not crude. I'm just uh, defending my show. We work really hard here. Um, you know, and I know you work really hard, too. You've already explained to me that you're just doing your job. You need this uh, for your operations and things that you have going on in your life. I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, you know, uh, why don't we get off topic here a little bit and rein things back in? Uh, I'm really curious about what it is uh, that that you're off to go do next um, in this position in and of itself. You said you found this job on Craigslist. Correct. Uh, how can someone, uh, you know, if they're listening right now, you're talking about these young, impressionable kids and and how we're affecting their livelihood. Uh, if they wanted to, let's say, grow up and, and they take a liking to uh, your side of things and they want to defend what is righteous and, and true, uh, how does someone get into your line of work? Is that something you can go to school for or did literally you just found this job on Craigslist? What uh, what could we all do to be uh, become sensitivity watchers in our own communities? Kid, are you serious right now? Yeah, I did, thought, you know, uh, if you, what you're doing is so righteous and just, uh, maybe we could all be sensitivity watchers in our communities and and help each other grow and learn and and make for a better tomorrow. Uh, Isn't that kind of the spirit oh of things? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, li- listen, I, I just got done telling you that it took me 18 months to find this job, okay? And now, if I'm hearing you correctly, you want me to just go ahead and start teaching some kids how to take the only job that I can get? You want me to come here and teach people how to take my only source of income. That's what you brought me on here for? Are you serious? I I mean, Carl, I'm just letting you know, I didn't bring you on here. You were sent to me, to Jason, really, and then he went to go check on some fucking muffins. Yeah, uh, Dude, yeah. I'm just trying to make the best of this. 
Listen. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna level with you. One of the one of the biggest things I'm dealing with right now is this elevated blood pressure thing. It's just it gets me riled up. Uh, I'm I'm trying to quit, you know, smoking the cigarettes, and 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 I'm just on edge. And so, you know, I apologize yeah. if that was it's, a little strong. Sounds there. like you've smoked a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. No, I've definitely done my share of cigarettes and and a lot of other stuff back in the day. But uh, hey, listen, kid, I'll tell you what. Normally, when my blood pressure gets this high, uh, it's about time for me to get that high as well. I got a joint in the van. Yeah, why don't you come with me as a little peace offering and we'll settle this like men. Oh, uh, yeah, that, uh, I mean, in the name of sensitivity, I don't know how I could turn that down. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to go ahead and pass over to Javon and Eric. They got a great new segment for you guys, talking about some pros and cons of a new movie that just came out called Spiral. Uh, Javon, why don't you take it away? Uh, Carl, you want to go, let's go ahead and head out and uh, handle business. It's a great indica, kid. Let's go. Can't decide between watching a snuff film and an open mic at your local deli? Well, join us as we revisit the Saw franchise with Detective Zeke Miller, the only clean cop in a filthy precinct who crosses paths with the new Jigsaw. Everything you've come to love from the franchise. You want grisly murders? We have five of them. You want one-liners? We have more than you can shake a stick at. You want an actual cameo from a real actor? We sprung for 15 and a half minutes of Samuel L. Jackson. If you think this mediocre movie franchise can't have its legacy ruined, just hold my beer. Produced by Chris Rock, written by Chris Rock, and starring Chris Rock, we're pretty sure he needs the money. Hey, thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, I'm Jay Vaughn, and with me is my co-host, Eric, and uh, we are both friends of the show. I was lucky enough to uh, be on the show with uh, Ryan and Jason. And on this segment, we're going to be breaking down movies bit by bit, uh, giving you our quick, quick, quick synopsis and uh, some pros and cons about each act of the film. We went and saw Spiral so that you don't have to. Eric, for the first act of the movie, why don't you hit me with uh, the first thing that struck you as a pro about this movie? I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that, Javon. There aren't any pros to this movie. All right, well then why don't you start with what your con is for this movie? Um, Chris Rock being in it, every casting decision that was made by whoever made that decision, and uh, the overall feel of this movie is hot garbage. Two words that I would come to my mind are immediate regret. That's how I felt immediately when watching this movie. Unfortunately, I have to agree with my co-host, uh, Khan, Chris Rock, in this movie in a dramatic role, sounding very much like he did in his stand-up. He's the same character he was in everything he's ever done. But he's Zeke Banks this time. Right, an old, ashy Zeke Banks. Let's skip to the middle of the movie. We've uh, <laughs> we established that the whole casting for the movie and character setup was awful. Was not ideal. There were areas of opportunity. Let's let's put this in the we could have done better category. Pros for the middle of the movie. If you like the killings, there's uh, there's several of them. I suppose if you can make killings a pro, uh, they have intricate traps that a little too intricate. And we find out later that it's of course Chris Rock's partner. Which leads me to believe, how the hell did this guy come up with the time to do this? Pro, this guy had a bunch of talents. He was an engineer. He was a marionettist. Uh, he made detective by 24. And, and he apparently graduated from the University of Phoenix School of Engineering and Torture Devices. Because this guy was fucking brilliant. How the hell do you, how do you modify shit to come up with that? Where does, where does he get these wonderful toys? Where does he get these wonderful toys? Again, it's really hard to come up with a pro for the middle of the movie, except for you're closer to being done with it. 
Uh, the movie kind of felt like a punishment, so I'm going to have to say con uh, that this movie wasn't a short story or a short film or... How long was this movie? Too long is the answer. <laughs> Way too long. Uh, yeah. The Pro for me in the middle of the movie is there's a slight nod to the first Saw where Chris Rock thinks about sawing off his hand uh, and then just picks the handcuffs instead. I do like when they try to pay homage to uh, other franchises. However, not enough of a pro to really, I really am just trying to find something positive to say about a movie because we just don't want to assassinate this movie. All right. This so, movie needs assassinating. This thing is absolutely terrible. Don't worry, buddy. They assassinated the whole franchise. I don't think we're going to see more of this. I, I, Chris Rock's got to be broke, right? Uh, I think I think the first wife took some money. I think he might. Well, she must have took a lot of damn money because this motherfucker is making horrible movies. She took the it. talent too. So let's <laughs> let's skip to the third act. You know, did she get the talent? Is that what happened? I, I think she might have got the talent in the divorce. He, should, I don't know should, how you should have had a prenup. Should have had a prenup. He might have kept some of that talent. All right, third act. What's your pro for the third act? Marionette Samuel L. Jackson. I'm going to have to agree with you. That was the uh, culmination of the... Uh, and the end, when he starts pulling up the guns and the guys are forced to shoot an already dead Sam Jackson in front of his son. Delicious. Is the only other word I can use to describe that. Pro, for me, the only bit of writing that made sense, and to use uh, my uh, friends Ryan and Jason's uh, favorite word, it was very ham-fisted in which they force you to catch up on the movie all at once. Ham-fisted? Ham-fisted. It means forced. I had to ask. But they love it. They use it all the time. Is this something they made up, or is this something that... I, they say it like they know what they're talking about, and they... I'm going to have to do research. They both went to film school. I believe them. So they're the pros, and we're the cons. Got yes, it. exactly. <laughs> so I'm not going to go against them, but I will say the pro for me was that we see the irony of Sam Jackson getting shot in front of his son, and then having someone tell him to shush and be quiet like the killer was told when he was a little boy. Pro was the five minutes of good writing and an otherwise, you know, abundance of... Uh, I found there to be no good writing in this movie. Uh, the whole thing was terrible. The best part about this movie is that it ended. Uh, I don't recommend this for anybody. I wouldn't, I wouldn't make prisoners watch this. I think they would tell you what you needed to know. I think this could be an interrogation tactic because Khan... We turned our head away from the movie so many times while we were watching it out of sheer uh, uh, grossness. This movie was the equivalent of that kid in the lunchroom that put the milk in his mashed potatoes with the peas and did that while you're trying to eat. This is pretty much what they did on film uh, for about 90 minutes. So and some people me, got paid. If someone got paid, they need to give it back. Bernie Madoff earned his money more than uh, Chris Rock did. should be wearing a mask to the ATM machine because you stole it. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't think this movie made any money. I'm, I, they should give me my $20 back. The only good thing is that we don't have to do this again. But we do thank you for, uh, we thank you for listening to Eric and Jay Vaughn's Pros and Cons, where we break down movies so you don't have to. You're welcome. Hey, what's up, dude? How's it going? Hey, welcome back, Dick. Uh, thanks for sticking <laughs> me with that batch of 
horse shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you jumping on that grenade, bro. Uh, by the way, the muffins, they came out mwah, fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was it was worth it, dude. I, and like I said, I appreciate you jumping on that. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, well, th- this episode might have crashed and burned because of you, but uh, Muffin to Say is going to be <laughs> <laughs> Gangbusters, our second podcast, Muffin to Say, where we talk about how good muffins are, uh, laundromat-based uh, or otherwise. How did by you know way, that's what I was the- working on, dude? That's what was, I've been. I've been developing. I got talks going, dude. Muffin to say is going to be huge. Yeah, right. Well, Car- Carl Weathered was huge and uh, <laughs> definitely put me in a bind. Uh, but I got myself out of it. Excuse myself to a van outside, and everything's just peachy keen right now. Oh so, uh, shit! Yeah, I thought I smelt that coming on the way in. Well, that's great, dude. Right? Because uh, speaking of getting out, I think it's about time that we wrap up this here episode. So, uh, listeners, thanks for joining us on our very first uh, bonus episode. I guess we'll call it. I don't know. We'll probably try to come up with some, you know, esoteric cinema variety power half hour brought to you by Jason and Ryan. Uh, something like that, right? But either way, we'll be doing this once a month with you guys, and hopefully, you dig it. As always, you know, you can reach out and you can let us know what you think, whether those opinions are muffin or non-muffin related. And if there's any sort of features that you'd like to see on these bonus episodes, something that's a little bit outside of just us reviewing the program, again, you can you can let us know and we'll see if we can work that in for you. Couple places to find us. Of course, we are on the Instagram, the Twitter, at Esoterica Cinema. You can also ping us with email esotericacinema at gmail.com. If you'd like to reach out to Ryan specifically, he is available at the Ryan Siebold on most of the accounts. If you would like to get at myself, Jason, I am at Jason Aberrant. That's one B, two R's, and you'll probably misspell it anyways. I really should work on making that easier. Either way. Like I said, thanks for joining us here. We really hope that you enjoyed it. Now, One thing I do want to let you guys know again is I don't know how many of you are playing along with following the films that we're selecting from the master list, but the website is up and live right there. You do have access to that master list. I'm telling you, we want you guys to check that out, see the movies we're looking at, hit us up and let us know what films you want to see replace the ones that we look at this year for next year. And you can do that at any of the links we just mentioned. So once again, esotericacinema.com. Go ahead, download that list. And if you are playing along, remember that for next week, uh, we've got the traditional episode coming at you where we are going to review The Void, which I believe was released in 2017, little indie cosmic horror film. So make sure to check that one out. And we will see you next week for another regular episode of Esoterica Cinema.